0: From the HBA podcast studio in New York City, welcome to The Medium Rules. I'm Alan Baldishan. I'm joined today in the HBA podcast studio by two gentlemen who are about as informed as anyone out there with respect to the current state of the art in the field of securing digital assets, i.e. cryptocurrency. Dimitrios Skalkotis is the global head of Ledger's Ledger Vault business, which is Ledger's institutional grade cryptocurrency security product offering. Zach Hamilton is the founder and CEO of Airfoil Capital, a cryptocurrency investment consulting firm which works with both high net worth individual investors as well as institutional investors to store their digital assets safely, help them evaluate risk factors, and enable them to make the most informed digital asset investment decisions. Uh, Demo and Zach, thanks so much for coming on The Medium Rules, and uh, very much looking forward to what I think will be a fascinating and very informative conversation.
1: Thank you for having us,
0: Zach. You're on the phone. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah, thanks, Alan. I really appreciate it. It's, yeah. Uh,
0: it's always uh, nice to
2: talk to you guys and move uh, forward here. Good. Great.
0: Thanks for thanks for thanks for joining in by phone. It's <laughs> our first time doing a phoner, uh, so we've got Demo in person and Zach uh, calling in from Florida. Um, so let's kick it off, and and Zach, let me ask you to really take a forty thousand foot view. Um, and, and, and let's assume, you know, listeners, viewers uh, sort of have a basic understanding of cryptocurrency um, and the blockchain, but may not understand or fully appreciate what we're talking about when we're talking about security issues related to uh, crypto. Um, so I guess my first question or my, my, my first request of you would be maybe just to explain what exactly we're securing, why is security important? Um, are we securing the, the the digital assets themselves? Are we securing access? Why don't you sort of just explain the basics here?
2: For sure. So you know, it, it is a complicated subject, and there, you know, there's all sorts of different different phrases, different words, and and you know, really different ways that we could describe what we do in terms of security. Um, but the the real like getting down to it is since your cryptocurrency keys. Um, don't operate like a, a key to, say, a car. Uh, we have to wrap a bunch of different technology around them in order for you to, to use your cryptocurrency. So the value doesn't live in your vaults or in your ledger or in whatever you're using to store things. Your value lives on the blockchain. You just have the access keys to it. So with this access key, it's not like the keys to a car. So say I want to give you the keys to my car. You're in town. I throw them to you. You can't go sell the car. You know, you can drive it around, you can maybe take it to the mechanic, you can do some stuff with it, but you're going to have a really tough time, you know, selling that car or doing something more than just drive it around. Um, however, with cryptocurrency, if I give you my keys, you now own that cryptocurrency. Um, you have unlimited rights to it. And, and that's really just the, the basis of all of this, is that control equals ownership here and since we're not using third parties uh usually to to control our crypto we need to do all of those systems over again that say a bank has built over the past two to three hundred years
0: so demo um when we're talking about keys what are we talking about we're talking about a cryptographic um series of, of numbers and letters correct 24 numbers and letters so what describe for us what how i how i access my crypto how i buy crypto how i sell crypto maybe just I, I did say that we're going to assume people have some general knowledge, but 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 what is a key?
1: What is a key? It's just a, a, a mathematical equation that uh, that is uh, that is given to you when you're purchasing um, a digital asset, and you're storing those keys either uh, if you're purchasing via fiat on an exchange, if you're buying. Bitcoin or Ether or you're, per- or you're converting that Bitcoin in Ether and, and doing a, a digital asset to digital asset transaction. So for, for Ledger, our job is to make sure that we secure those particular keys that are critical to you, both from the retail perspective, the institutional perspective, uh, and our other division, uh, our Internet of Things division. So that's really our main issue that we're trying to solve is really securing those endpoints and redefining kind of the crypto security landscape.
0: So is it a, it's a unique key, correct? Yeah. It's a unique key. And is that unique key per Bitcoin or do I have a key for all my digital assets? Do I have a unique key for Bitcoin? Another unique key for Ethereum, let's say another unique key for Zcash. I mean, how, how does that how does that work?
1: I think the digital assets, um, <clears throat> and Zach's probably better to answer this because he's uniquely buying all these things. Right. I'm just storing them and take, keeping them safe. You're <laughs> so, the tech guy, yeah. Is that, uh, but uh,
2: yeah, I, I can sure. I can uh, jump in time. here. The um, jump in the keys are are different for each yeah. um, each asset. Um, though most modern wallets are using uh, what's called hierarchically deterministic wallets, uh, where your wallet itself, say your Ledger Nano, your Trezor, whatever you're using, will generate one master seed, and from that master seed, they will derive a list of separate private keys and, and public keys uh, for each uh, of say your different assets. So you know you can't work the you can't work backwards. So I can take a master seed and I can make a private key for Bitcoin and then that private key can create a public key um, but i can't ever find my master seed from my bitcoin private key um, so it only goes down the stack yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah it's you can have a uh, a different private key for each asset or you can have the one that, that
1: generates uh multiples multiple signatures
0: and that and that master seed is unique and that master seed is what a mathematical formula that only you how does that work zach
2: the, the Master Seed, there's a bunch of different different types of, of Master Seed programs that you can do out there. Um, the most common is BIP32 slash BIP44, um, and that uses a 24-word uh, phrase, um, and those 24 words are drawn from a library of, I believe, 2048 unique words, um, so all of those words really only have four characters at the beginning that are unique, and the collisions, meaning the uh likelihood that someone's going to have the same uh, uniquely generated passphrase as you is uh, 24 to the 48 power. Um, so it's quite a large number. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, people are evolving this all the time, but it's uh, kind of this weird large number theory stuff that's super interesting. The words just make it easy for us humans to read.
0: Right. Um, Helpfully. Uh, um, so when we're talking about digital assets, you know, what what we're saying here is that. It's not like you can stick them under your mattress it's not like you can take them to a bank and secure them or stick them in a vault you basically are you you own basically a value that lives on a blockchain you have access to that value based on a cryptographic series of uh words um that is your master seed um and you need a way to make sure that no one else can um that uh, in an unauthorized way can access your digital assets uh, by somehow either determining or stealing or hacking uh, your, your keys. Um, so Dima, what is, this? so, 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 so ledger is maybe best known, although you guys are, are certainly making a, a mark with the ledger vault, but you're perhaps best known for the ledger nano wallet, which is a portable uh, single point of failure wallet, which is in effect for you principally um, directed for your retail crypto investor, be fair to say. but can you maybe walk us through sort of the continuum as 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 ledger sees it of um sort of the 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 the, the various levels of um, kind of crypto investor that might need security and Let's start to unpack um, the way we think about security based on, you know, who we're talking about and 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 what kind of protection uh, they're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. So Ledger got their start uh, on the retail side with the, with the Nano product, the Nano S. We have a Ledger Blue product, which is a, a bigger touchscreen. And we just announced this week at CES the uh, Nano, Nano X. Nano yeah. X, X. X. I'm yeah, sorry. The Nano X product, which is... Uh, which is a Bluetooth-enabled uh, nano with a larger screen on it that will allow you to manage your assets from our, our mobile Ledger Live mobile app. Um, so that's where the business has gotten started. It is a cold-stored solution to managing your, your keys. Um, you can put it in a vault, you can take the keys with you, uh, you can take the Nano with you and, and protect them. Uh, we obviously would prefer that you obviously secure them because, uh, there are single points of failure with that, with any retail device. Um, so you want to make sure you're protecting your keys and protecting, uh, um, you know, the the, the assets that you're uh, participating in. Um, We're trying to leverage that success and brand and recognition and the security expertise that we've provided the retail segment um, and carry that over onto the enterprise segment with uh, the same type of technology, secure elements, hardware security modules, and our security operating system called BOLOS, which really makes up the Ledger Vault uh, offering uh, the secure element and the operating system bolos makes up the the nano operating system and securing the retail uh, Keys for the retail segment. So from a, from the retail perspective, it's individuals its uh, asset managers its hedge funds its family offices It's for uh, you're seeing it pervasively used throughout the digital asset uh, ecosystem and industry and we're trying to provide uh, an institutional grade Uh, security element that uh, provides get better governance rules and eliminates a single point of failure and allows you to uh, secure the endpoints, which is uh, very key because normally the things where things transact and where things can go wrong is when you're interacting and wanting to do some types of activity. That's where uh, the majority of, of the security needs to be Needs to be maintained, and that's where we're 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 spending a lot of our time in securing those endpoints.
0: Meaning, by when you say securing those buying endpoints, and selling, buying and selling. Buying and selling. Yeah. When
1: you're trying to move things from one wallet to the next, and right. making sure uh, you're doing that transaction securely, and and we know that it's you wanting to transact, and you have approval to transact. Um, and making sure that uh, it validates and certifies that it's you.
0: So the Nano, uh, when we say single point, point of failure, what we mean by that is if somebody, if you lose your Nano, you forget it at Starbucks,
1: no, you, you're, your backpack gets stolen. You're, you're fine in that regard. Okay. So if you lose your Nano, uh, you have your 24-word recovery phrase, as that talked about earlier. You can buy a brand new Nano uh, off of the ledger.com site. Uh, get your nano, do your 24 word recovery phrases and your assets are there. If no one has taken your private keys, if they didn't know your passcode for your nano. So even if your nano, uh, it's lost, you can still recover your, your assets based upon your 24 word recovery phrase that you have.
0: So the single point of failure that you're, that we're talking about is if somebody gets your 24 word phrase, your key, your,
1: your, 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 your code for your keys. Yes. Yes, exactly.
0: Um, Zach, from your perspective at Airfoil, you are dealing with high-net worth individuals and um, institutional uh, digital asset funds. Um, how do you how it, 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 what are the primary kind of modes of securing those assets? Putting aside for a moment Ledger's product specifically, when you're up into when when you're past the retail guy, um, and you're up into the you know, millions of dollars—the seven, eight figures. Um, what are the priorities there? What, what, what is the, sort of the current state of the art as to how people think about securing those assets?
2: Yeah, it's it's changing all the time. Obviously, all all of this is. Um, you know, we really focus on on backups. Uh, we focus on access. Um, you know, really trying to pinpoint within a, a given organization where the trust is. You know is the trust the general partner is the trust a a managing partner uh who is that person within the organization that does have unlimited control of those assets um and then backups uh usually with your uh personal holdings you would only have a a single backup of uh, of your uh, your keys you would probably keep all 24 words in the same place in the same vault Um, i mean i wouldn't suggest anyone do this because you know Back five years ago, you would think that $2,000 of Bitcoin isn't worth a lot. Um, now it is. So, um, you know, we want to plan for the future and plan four or five to 10 years from now, um, you know, as we move forward uh, with those backups and recovery systems. So, usually we'll do three separate physical locations. Uh, we'll do a two of three scheme, meaning that we need two of the three backups in order to recover the device. Um, This is a little cool too, because it means that the single backup, one of those three uh, stored in a vault by itself is worth nothing to a thief. Um, It's only worth something when you bring it in with another one of the backups, which can be any of the other two. Um, So you can keep one in a safe deposit box in New York. You can keep one in a safe deposit box in Switzerland. uh, You can keep one in your back pocket. It doesn't really matter. It's only that they have value when they're two of them together. Um, this really prevents, uh, you know, kind of natural disaster attacks, terrorist attacks. Um, you know, those kind of edge cases where your individual person wouldn't be as worried, but from an institutional perspective, it's worth the, the extra couple hundred dollars a year to uh, to maintain that type of recovery plan. So um, what, And that's, so, that's really just from a recovery standpoint. Yeah. Um, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no. I was going to say so. So that's that's actually a good, uh, a, a kind of a good pointer in the sense that. What what sort of without meaning without getting too situation room here. What is sort of the threat matrix here? What what are, you know, what are the 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 vulnerabilities? Um, you know, hack, yeah. uh, black hat. What, Zach, why don't you why don't you take a crack at that and then maybe let let's talk about that.
2: Yeah. So you know, in in the crypto or security world, it's called an attack surface. Um, you know, what does your threat model look like? Um, and your threat model is based on on what your attack surface is. It means you know, where someone could potentially attack uh, your holdings. So if you have an attack surface of a single vault uh, that has 100% of the keys in it, you have a very pinpointed place where everything is. Um, so you can protect that pretty easily by making that vault stronger, right? Um, and it's very important here to remember that security is a continuum. It is not, something is not secure, something is not not secure. It's always somewhere in between. So, you know, we want to balance security with usability, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, but we want sure. to balance the ease of use um, in terms of getting your crypto recovered. If it were to to be lost, if, if the front-facing device, like a Nano, were to, to be lost or stolen, um, so we could sweep it out into a uh, new wallet quickly. Um, so really the the most pressing thing right now and where we have to do the most work with clients is in the training of the, the client themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's not sure. in vaults. It's not in, you know, number of backups. Uh, those problems have pretty much been solved. It's just implementing them. Um, the hardest part is, you know, keeping people's computers clean of viruses, uh, keeping their behavior correct. Um, just a recent example was uh, I was at a trade show, and this is hilarious, but it's actually a cryptocurrency uh, custodian service based in the U.S. that was giving uh, external battery packs away at a conference. And they've got their logo right on. And they hand me one, and I just look at it and say, you want me to plug this into my phone? <laughs> and I know this is uh, this is an attack vector. together.
1: Brings up all the all the right points and, and things of it's uh it's a continuum, and to our point, you know we have a security team in, at Ledger in Paris, uh, we call it the dungeon, um, and there's a, a group of ten individuals. And they're uh, a red-blue team, right? Uh, similar to what you find in in, in other security companies um, where they're doing everything that they can to protect our environment. And they're also doing everything that they can to hack, your hack our environment okay. to make sure that we're 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 completely uh, and best as we can taking taking the security measures to the to to the highest level possible and if we find obviously some issues with ourselves as well as with other other things that we are testing in the in the industry and marketplace because we are responsible citizen and we want to make sure this this asset class and this this new industry takes off and is very successful so we uh, we are evaluating and testing a lot of the tools that are currently in the marketplace today and providing feedback to those specific companies uh, that we're working with or that that may be um, in in uh, in a peer analysis with us um, so That's it's it's key it's key for us so we've got uh, a lot of sophisticated equipment some of the best security experts that are around the globe you know working at ledger to further protect our environment as well as figure out ways of how do we get into our environment. And if, if they, they do find a way, then we can kind of patch those things up and and remedy those things. So and Zach was also talking about, um, how we're morphing to, uh, an institutional offering now and putting more governance principles where you're eliminating that single point of failure. So for the ledger vault, we have four layers of governance, right? So you have the three principal owners that create, a third of the master seeds individually, independently. um, They go in a room, Uh, there's no cameras there's no tvs there's no wi-fi there's no anything and they create a third of their master seed and they recreate their 24 word recovery phrase and the other two principles independently do the same thing and then our software converts that into the one master private seed and then three additional individuals come in and create that encrypted uh, what we call a wrapping key custodian it's really that encrypted instance on the vault Uh, for that particular hedge fund or company that is wanting to protect their private keys. And then you have two layers, uh, uh, two additional layers of governance, which are the administrators and the operators. And the administrators uh, are the ones setting up the wallet structure for that particular company um, and setting up the governance principles for each wallet um, to where we provide you a fairly flexible security continuum without jeopardizing security. So if you want to design a wallet, that is extremely cold, you can do so with our technology of having 10 of 10 M of N approvers, you can put a time limiter or a rate limiter in there, or you could have something that's very warm or hot with two or three approvers and a whitelisted account to where it transacts very regularly. So we're solving this issue with technology because the majority of the institutional applications that are out there that have announced in the marketplace today are primarily cold storage solutions. Uh, we're providing a solution that provides you the capability to design the level of risk tolerance that you want to ha- take per wallet that you have. You want something very cold, you have it. You want something very warm and hot, you have it with the vault.
0: People may not uh, people may not immediately understand when you say cold and hot. What do you mean?
1: So the The definitions today, um, as people are learning, cold means something that is completely one hundred percent offline, that is not connected to uh, any the internet, internet, right? Any network. Um, Hot meaning that it is connected in some. And and why would you
0: want a warm or hot solution? as an institutional investor. Is that for ease of transacting?
1: Yeah, so we're that- providing instant access to your funds. Um, you don't have to wait 24 to 48 hours uh, unless you design something to where that, that is your risk profile and that's how you want to design it. So we're providing the flexibility to the firms to design each individual wallet to their risk tolerance. Some they, wa- they may want to have as extremely cold and takes a long time to get the act- that funds out into uh, another wallet per se. Others, they're they're actively trading. Uh, so they don't want to wait 24 to 48 hours. They want something that is uh, fairly instantaneous.
0: How did you guys come up with your security protocol? What's the sort of the root of that? Is that something that is, has any, does that relate back to a non-digital asset security protocol? Is there a legacy or a history or a paper trail or a... Well, breadcrumb trail there, or was it sort of designed kind of ab initio for digital assets?
1: It it all came from the evolution of what did we need to do to support the nano business in essence. Okay. Um, Okay. And also, if you look at uh, the management team and the core operational structure of Ledger, uh, we have folks, you know, coming from the hardware security module space. We have folks coming from the chip secure element space within within the France community, which they really invented that secure element and and security software that is embedded in the secure element that's in your, you know, credit cards today, that's in your passports today. Those those are the legacy of where Ledger initiates from, okay. and and that's a perfect technology in in helping us manage this new asset class and these digital assets okay and okay. the keys for the digital assets okay
0: okay um okay um okay so that's uh that's interesting so there is a non-crypto legacy here we're not starting from scratch
1: no the, the technology the technology it. is existence today it's 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 a fairly sophisticated and mature technology um in the banking industry today yeah, exactly. and the credit card industry today exactly. and uh and, uh, and within your passports, yeah. it's, yeah. uh, it, it has, uh, a lot of additional use cases.
0: Um, and, um, in terms of, in terms of ledger, where you guys are positioned in the marketplace is purely as a pure, your pure play technology, meaning what? Meaning you do not make any decisions with respect to investing, obviously you make no decisions with respect to, uh, tell me about, tell me yeah. about how, you, how you differentiate.
1: So Ledger is an infrastructure security platform that we're providing to uh, companies, uh, to uh, hedge funds, crypto assets, asset managers, banks, trust companies to control and manage 100% of their private keys. Um, we are not a custodian. Uh, we have a joint venture with Nomura who is using our technology to provide a full service insured uh, custody platform into the marketplace later in 2019 and also Global Advisors as a partner in that joint venture. But Ledger in and of itself, the vault is 100% technology infrastructure where we're providing that technology to companies to manage 100% of their digital assets. They control 100% of their keys. They can control 100% of the governance principles and the risk tolerance they want in setting up their wallets. And we are not involved in any of the approval process at all.
0: Okay, okay. Zach, you um, surveyed all the various institutional grade security offerings out there and ultimately landed on Ledger. But maybe take me through the reasons for that, and how you, as a client, differentiate between the various institutional level security offerings out there. What, 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 what are you looking for, and how do you evaluate these? Because you're pretty much seeing all, all of them.
2: Yeah, there's, uh, you know, really, I hate to say it, but I, I think there might only be one. Um, you know, the the other offerings that, that are out there are custodial. Um, so they're, to me, uh, automatically wiped out, um, kind of out of this, uh, this game, um, you know, for a company like, like ours, a company that's, you know, uh, implementing technology for funds, um, those funds need to be in control of, of, their crypto. Um, also from like a personal perspective and, and, you know, a future of the cryptocurrency industry perspective, I don't think we would just want to start, we don't want to create banks, but again, um, we want to have our assets in our control. Um, those assets are back. And, and not trust in humans so you know what i like about the ledger uh, vault and you know full disclosure i am a user of both the nano s's and the, uh, the ledger vault product um is that we are in control and if say for some reason ledger does something we don't like uh we can sweep our wallets ourselves uh we just need to recover them into a completely open source uh wallet so That protects us from the future and you don't have any situations like what you would have with a bank where if you want to liquidate all your accounts, you have to ask permission. Um, I'm very big not into asking for permission to access uh, our own funds. So I think that's a a very, very big deal. Um, Of course, there's always going to be an offering that is custodial. Um, For some clients, that might be the best way to go. It might be the best way to hit the highest notch on that security continuum um, for their specific need. Um, but for me, uh, and, and most of my clients, we deal with just such a wide array of assets um, that for them to turn over control to a third-party company uh, is usually a very expensive one um, and very risky. I mean, you know, the largest heights in human history have happened in this industry, and they happened recently. Um, billions and billions and billions of dollars have been stolen from centralized cryptocurrency storage solutions, um, while so far no one has broken uh, Anything to do with VIP 32 or 44, um, or really broken the, the core of make all, makes all this work.
0: So, 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 when you say ask permission for your funds vis a vis custodian, can you sort of just unpack that somewhat? Um, wh- what is a custodian doing that is different from Ledger Vault?
2: You know, the custodian is just holding the crypto in their own recovery system. Um, This could be something that they've designed themselves. It could be something that they're buying off the shelf. A custodian could use the ledger system, um, the ledger vault system, if if they chose to. Uh, But that custodian is in control of those keys. Um, I forget what the exact phrase is, but the the keys are the crypto. Um, So if you don't have them, you don't own it. And we're just wrapping a legal structure around it to... uh, to allow people to access their crypto easily. So when I would say go to a custodian, um, I would have to request access, uh, like you said, 24 to 48 hours is the normal turnaround time uh, where they say that they pull those tokens from cold storage and, and then put them um, out to the address that you're, you're wanting to. Um, however, you don't know that. You don't know what they're doing behind the scenes because you don't own those keys. Um, so it's just really a, a different method of doing all of this. Um, yeah, you know, just like asking every time you go to the bank to withdraw money—that's a request. That is not a demand. You don't have the power to make that demand. You can only pray or beg for the bank to give you your money back.
0: You know, if they have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe a very, may, maybe maybe a good way to think about it, and you guys can tell me if this is t- too simplistic or or not applicable. But is parking your car in a parking lot or parking it in your driveway or your own garage? In On the one hand, you're handing it off. They're dealing with it. They're securing it. You need mm-hmm. to ask for your keys. On the other hand, you can have your car anytime you want. It's there. You're, it's up to you well, to secure it.
2: Think of it more like you're dropping your car off at a parking lot, and you are signing the title and putting a blank name on it. Um, you're paying all the taxes for the the DMV, and whoever shows up and signs their name now owns your car. Um, so it's more like that than it would be just parking it. Um, because remember, that access here uh, is ownership.
1: Ownership. is so, fair uh, Okay, so again, yeah, we, yeah, so yeah, 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 No, we're providing the technology for everybody. Look, this asset class in this industry is in its infancy. We're in the early innings of, of uh, you know, from a uh, from a primarily retail oriented business now to moving to more institutional and mainstream. And ledger is striving to uh, provide. Technology that provides a level of comfort around the security of your of your keys and your assets Um, Think of the ledger vault as part of the digital plumbing. I want this to be uh, Used in banks and trust companies so they can then offer a custodial service or a trust service to the marketplace if that's where uh, the industry will move and that's what's going to be required of the industry to do so. Uh, but I'm also providing Zach uh, and other firms like him to, to manage 100% of their own digital assets self-custody yeah. and let them be in 100% control of accessing and moving their funds uh, around uh, to, the, to the where they see fit.
0: Yeah. Have you guys had, uh, to your knowledge, um, any black hat episodes, any attempted hacks, What is the and and I and I know you haven't been there that long, Dimo, at at Ledger, but what's the what's the history there? Yeah,
1: to my knowledge, I I don't know to be to be frank. I'm I'm not aware of any, but um, again, like I said, my 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 tenure so far is relatively new, uh, and I don't know the complete aspect of of uh the retail side or on the institutional side, we're just getting started, so so I I, I'm not aware, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Zach, um, there's
2: been a, yeah, 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 there's, there's been a couple of vulnerabilities, um, that have been detected, but you know, usually they're, they're fairly theoretical or there would be no way for, for say ledger to know if it was, uh, actually executed upon. Um, it's a really good example that I like to use about how, um, how advanced it is, or like the, the types of vulnerabilities that, um, the security researchers at ledger and really security researchers all over the world um, are working on. Um, uh, so for example, on the ledger nano, uh, you have to enter a passphrase or a pin code um, on the front screen. It's an eight-digit code, and if you enter it wrong uh, three times, the device gets wiped. So when you used to plug in a ledger, uh, I think one of their first uh, iterations of the software or of the firmware, um, you would start with zero. So the screen would light up, and the number flashing would always start. I think it would start with zero. Um, and then you would click up zero through nine uh, and select which one. So theoretically – if you knew how that worked and you were listening to someone putting in their passphrase, you could make a really good guess about what it is by just counting the number of clicks. Um, so, what Ledger did was they randomized the uh, letters on the starting point. So, now when I click, you know, if my passphrase is one, two, three, uh, I put in one, it starts at a different number. Um, I put in two, it starts at a different number, et cetera. Um, so, that's the type of vulnerabilities that are discovered um, and then usually patched fairly quickly terms of uh, getting through to the secure element and being able to extract the seed from an uh, from a locked device, uh, even within physical possession, uh, it's not happened yet. Um, it's come close, uh, especially with uh, some security researchers releasing this uh, this uh, website called wallet.fail. Um, they found a lot of vulnerabilities, but none of them, no matter how much time and money they spent to work on these devices, uh, would reveal the seed. Um, so I think it's very important to remember that one not only is Ledger working on it, but there's a whole lot of other security research out, researchers out there too that just want to protect their own crypto, or people like me who just want to protect it for other people and, and build a business
0: around it. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about um, Zach, coming back to, to to something you alluded to earlier, um, you know, just the trust versus zero trust, um, and, and I know it's something that you're very interested in, which is. Trying to move, the sort of the dream of the zero trust security uh, kind of level, or 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 uh, or or you know achieving zero trust. What what do you see as sort of the steps from here to there, and 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 why is that so important to you? Um, maybe just address that if you can, because I think that's a really interesting sort of you know uh, place to go.
2: The, um, you know, assuming zero trust, I, I think is a pipe dream, uh, but it's something to work towards. Um, it's like the speed of light, right? Like you're never going to attain the speed of light, but you can get really close, um, or close to it. You know, we're always going to be searching for uh, something to attain that speed, um, you know, I think it's important because we've just been proven, um, throughout history, uh, throughout recent economic history, um, but really throughout all of human history, that people are not to be trusted. <laughs> um, you know, when when giving the the power to abuse, uh, whenever when given the ability to abuse power, people will. Um, So I think we learned that in 2008. Uh, We're learning it over and over again uh, with bubbles, uh, with different things that are happening. So if we can move our banking system from a system that is largely dependent on a small set of people in glass towers to make decisions to enrich themselves, I think we need to run away from that uh, as fast as possible. Um, But the tools for doing that are being invented currently, and they're hard to use. Uh, frankly, this stuff is not easy, you know, being your own bank is not easy. Um, so yeah, there's there's a bunch of different tools. I don't really know a, a good way to, uh, to describe uh, a trustless future, um, but really it's using incentive systems, uh, you know, paired with uh, cryptography. Uh, to make something that is robust, something that's durable, something that's even anti-fragile in terms of, uh, say, something like Bitcoin.
0: So, so zero trust is when you're not reliant on when when, when human failure can't ultimately um, make the system vulnerable, be, be a point of failure. Is that is it, if if we're sort of a working definition? Is that right? Is I would
2: say right? I wouldn't say failure. I would say that human maliciousness will actually make a system stronger. Um, so in the case of Bitcoin, the amount of money that it would take to attack the network uh, is more than it would take to make uh, an equal amount of money by doing the right thing or by, by mining. Um, you know, there's there's a way to build incentive systems and to remove humans from the equation uh, so that when people are acting their worst, the system continues to get stronger. Um, and there are very, very few systems like this in the world. Um, Nassim Talib wrote the book Anti-Fragile about systems just like this. Um, it's an excellent, excellent read if you guys are into his stuff. Um, but really, it's, it's extremely hard to do. And if we can continue to build more systems like that, we can trust on them because then we don't have to trust that people are doing the right thing. We can just trust that people are doing something. And as long as one of us is honest, the rest of it
0: works. Okay, Demo, is that something that? Um, Let. How do you think about sort of moving from trust to trustless systems from the perspective of security? I,
1: you know, I hear what Zach is saying, and I think that's you know, how we got our start and that's how we're building our technology to satisfy those people that want to control a hundred percent of their own digital assets and their, and control their, their, their movement and their own currency, uh, and their, and their keys. Uh, but, I, uh, you know, we think that, uh, we work within an existing infrastructure and a regulated environment that, um, uh, we need to be conscious of and aware of. And I know that they haven't come out to Uh, rule on certain things but uh, we need to be able to be folks like Zach and ourselves at Ledger and the in the entire industry need to be educating uh, the government agencies and the folks that are involved in making policy. To understand the level of technology, understand the level of sophistication, understand the level of security, understand what the underlying technology can do, and how can we better the existing system by moving towards that continuum or providing a blend of both, if that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. Um, speaking of um, regulatory um, concerns and issues, um, you know, at what point? At what point, And maybe Zach chime in as well. Is it the case that you're managing digital assets above X value that you are required to be with a qualified custodian that you can no longer self manage and self custody? Zach, is that, is that sort of the case? Is there some break point at which you can no longer self manage your own security?
2: Yeah, I believe, you know, I don't actually think there is. I think there are some laws when it comes to securities. Um, and I believe that number is $150 million. Um, But so far, we know that most of these cryptocurrencies aren't securities. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this is something that's extremely frustrating, uh, especially, you know, for me and, and for a lot of different uh, funds, uh, more of the Wall Street people. I, I mean, I don't really care about them, but um, the, the regulatory clarity here is is none at all. It's, yeah. it's extremely opaque. Um, so, so far, we've seen just a lot of uh, regulatory, you know, rulemaking through enforcement, um, you know, taking down some outright scams, uh, you know, which is good stuff, you know, no one, no one should get scammed, no one should get robbed here. Um, but I think that we're trying, or the, the lawmakers are trying to define um, crypto assets uh, into a bucket that already exists, when in reality, they're a completely new bucket, um, you know, it trades 24-7 worldwide, um, it doesn't care about borders or language or, or anything else. Um, it's kind of unstoppable. You'd have to you'd have to shut down the internet to stop it. Um, so yeah, the regulatory clarity issue is is an issue still. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone has a good answer for this. I would no. love for the SEC or the CFTC or whoever is going to um, going to jump on top of this to really just give us any rules um, rather than than just waiting. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I wish there were more clarity in the U.S. Some other countries have better laws, but uh, or have more defined laws. They're better. Um, so you're seeing a lot of companies move there. Uh, frankly, that's just what's happening.
1: Yeah, we're working hard at Ledger across the globe to work with all the agencies um, and educating them, and on, on at least on our doing our part of the technology and, and the uh, and the industry. Um, and and kind of, you know, it's it's an educational effort. And I think that they're trying to revert back to uh, what they currently have as guidelines and rules. And do they apply uh, in this current new, new asset class and new industry that we're we're forging into? Um, and I think we'll we just need to continue to go down that education continuum and do that. Um, I, I've read a few articles recently where you know we hear the SEC may be coming out with uh, some general guidelines or comments. Uh, we'll see and, and obviously digest that one uh, when it does come out. But uh, to Zach's point, I think uh, there's no rules as per se today because, again, most the majority of the asset classes have not been uh, classified as a security. Uh, but you are hearing a lot about uh, securitized tokens and moving in that regard and then following the security regulations in the country to issue those uh, securitized tokens, which, uh, uh, you know, could lead down a path of uh, security. You almost think it has to. Eventually, yeah, exactly, it has to.
0: Um, Are you seeing uh, customers and clients generally going towards more of a self-custody solution, wanting to do what Zach and Airfoil are doing, is control their own destiny? Or is that sort of too complicated and, 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 and too nervous for people. And are, are you seeing people generally picking more of a custodian solution where they can hand it off? I, I We're seeing both, seeing right? Both? I think okay. we're, we're seeing
1: both. We're seeing people um, in essence, since no one has come out with anything, hedge their bets uh, in essence to, to, to provide both. I think uh, a lot of folks are in Zach's camp from the standpoint, I want to control hundred percent of, of, uh, of my, my keys and others are used to using a, a, a custodian and wanting a custodial service, uh, to help them manage that process. They may not manage a hundred percent of that process, but they are a part of that process. And I think, uh, Um, I know that a lot of the traditional banks and trust companies and custody providers in the landscape today are getting requests from their clients to say, Hey, when are you going to offer something into the marketplace where I, I can, uh, I can help you can help me manage my, my, my digital assets. And others are more in the Zach's camp to where I've got it. I'll take care of it. I'll use a, A a technology platform that's out there in the marketplace today that's called Ledger Vault, and I'll manage 100% of my keys and design the risk tolerance and governance principles. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, Are the other big are the are the big cybersecurity players entering this market? Whether it be Microsoft, Checkpoints, whomever. Are you? Are you? And and maybe Zach, that's sort of as as a way to sort of round off. Are you seeing the bigger traditional security players starting to, I mean, it's a, it's a huge opportunity, obviously, from a business perspective. Zach, what are you, what are you, you, what know, are you seeing there?
2: I haven't seen much. Um, I think they're usually waiting. Um, I think you're seeing more of the consultancies that are coming in okay. and building technology for, uh, for different players. You know, IBM uh, is doing some cool stuff. Um, they're not releasing it to the public. I, you know, most of what they do is, is say private blockchains. Um, but all of these problems still persist there too. Um, they're just a little bit easier because everything is, is internal. Um, I think it's really, really hard to say for someone like Apple or Microsoft to go down this road because this road is mostly open source um, and their systems are not. Uh, what I think we will see more and more of though is the proliferation of Encryption being used in our day-to-day devices, yeah. um, you know things like knowing that iMessage is encrypted, using Signal Messenger, um, using an open-source operating system, uh, something like Linux, um, using Ubuntu. Um, I think we're seeing a lot more of a change there um, from an open-source perspective than we are from the you know legacy uh, tech companies. Um, I, I welcome this change too. I think it's an awesome step in the right direction, and these these open-source technologies have gotten a lot easier to use. Uh, with this recent influx of interest and interest and frankly influx and money from the
1: crypto world yeah, I, I think the uh, There's a lot of chatter and interest and around the security theater of this uh, of this ecosystem And again, this ecosystem is very broad wide and deep And so there's a lot of players or wanting to be players that are trying to cover one facet of it you know, we're we're where we're at is really securing providing the technology to secure the endpoints and providing Zach hundred percent control uh, Of what he would like to do for himself and his customers and for others, and it's really again uh, providing that technology and the flexibility and the control uh, for for people to, to manage their assets so um um, whether it's a secure element with our, our, our open source operating system. Most of our operating system is open source, but there's some elements of it that are not, just obviously from a security measure perspective. Um, and also how we're, how we're working with um, hardware security modules and certifying that it's, you know, Zach that wants to do that transaction and certifying that it's him on the other end, and then adding others into that approval process to say yes, that are at Zach's firm that that are part of that approval process to say yes, I've, I'm approving that transaction. So again, it's it's providing the technology and securing the endpoints and providing a level of comfort.
0: Sure, I mean you've got you, you've got to be happy with where Ledger's positioned as this uh, market grows for for digital we, asset security.
1: We are. It's right place, right time. Yep. Um, great company, great brand, uh, great value prop. Uh, we're trying to uh, really be one of the key uh platforms that uh will will make this uh asset class mainstream uh and that's what we're striving to do
0: yeah yeah listen this has been great guys that that's i think that's a great place to end um it'll be really interesting to see how this industry evolves as other players come in obviously as more institutional money flows in um and uh the pressure on securing these assets increases Um, so, uh, you know, this is a great roadmap. Um, maybe we can, uh, Zach, you know, when you're in New York in person, we can, uh, update this, uh, this podcast and this conversation, but this has been fantastic. Thanks for joining by phone. Um, and thanks for your input and Demo. Thank you for coming in.
1: Thank you for having us. And I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks
0: Alan. This has been great. Thanks guys. Great to talk and, you know, looking forward to the next time. Sounds great.
1: Thanks Zach. Take care. Thank you. All right.
0: That's a wrap on this episode of The Medium Rules with Alan Baldishin. For more information, go to our website at www.hballp.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.